Magandang umaga sa inyong lahat. Dito daw ako, sabi ni Reynold, kasi para makita ko ng mga nasa likod. Okay. At Reynold, thank you for the water, thank you for this. Alam mo, pagka tumatanda ka na, eh, kailangan mo na nang inom ng inom ng tubig. Di ba? Kaya salamat sa tubig, Reynold. And thank you for your service also. You've been serving me since last last week. Thank you. All right, so we're going to talk about today. It's like a, a part two of a mini-series that I started last uh, Sunday. We're going to talk about the justice and mercy of God. Okay, justice and mercy at the cross. You know, everybody knows what a cross is, right? Uh, sometimes we, we wear it around our neck. We, we display it in our homes, in our offices. We even put it on our tattoos, in our body, and, and everywhere. Because the cross is a powerful symbol of the work of God in redeeming, in saving man, right? And every, every Christian must understand what the cross represents, what the cross stands for. If you say you're a Christian but don't understand what the cross stands for, then you have to do a, do a little thinking, you know, and and uh, appraising yourself, and read the Bible, and go to Pastor Tim, go to your leaders, and ask, you know, the full information about the cross, so you will have a better understanding of what Christ did for you. And if you are a Christian but don't believe in the cross, then you're not a Christian. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. You're not a Christian. There's only one thing I can say. You're not saved if you don't believe in the cross. Because the cross symbolizes a lot of things. And the, the one thing that everyone wants to, to uh, uh, associate the cross with is the love and mercy of God. Right? That is why we love John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave. And we want a God who, who is uh, understanding enough to overlook our weaknesses. Ating mga kainan, ating mga mistakes. And we want a God who is forgiving, forgiving enough to forgive us of our trespasses, of our sins, ating mga kasalanan. And we want a God who is Loving enough to give us eternal life and forget, I mean, uh, release us from eternal curse, eternal condemnation. So that's, that's what we want. And the cross symbolizes the love and mercy of God. But there is something else that the cross represents. The cross represents a lot of things about God. But I want to talk to you about another thing, except for the, other than the love and mercy of God, the Justice of God. You know what justice is? It's the fair and impartial application of the law. Right? You don't want to appear before a judge if you have a case and the judge is not, is not uh, fair and impartial. Right? We want a God who dispenses justice without bias. We want a judge who dispenses justice with with the impartiality. And you know, who the God is, I mean, who that person is who can dispense justice with perfect, 
perfect fairness and perfect impartiality. It's God. God is a just God. God is a perfect judge. So when you understand the justice of God and the mercy of God and mix that with the righteousness and holiness of God, your appreciation of what Christ did on the cross deepens tenfold. And that makes you love God more. And that deepens your faith. And that makes you serve our God more. If you understand the cross. No, no longer will you think that God has no option but to forgive me because he loves me. And a lot of Christians think that way. Walang option, walang choice ang Panginoon dahil God is love. He is not going to condemn me eternally. Uh, and, and, and send me to hell, the, the lake of burning sulfur, because God is love. Because God is love. No, that's not how it is. Okay? That's not true. God's justice is born out of His perfect righteousness. Perfect righteousness. Uh, Deuteronomy 34, verse 4 says, He is the rock. Okay? His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is. Perfection is what characterizes God. He is perfect in all of his ways, perfect in love, perfect in justice, perfect in mercy, perfect in generosity, perfect in, in his judgment. We don't want a God who is sometimes, sometimes perfect, sometimes right, sometimes wrong. A God who is sometimes just and sometimes unjust, right? We want a perfectly righteous and a perfectly just God all the time. I don't want to trust a God who is not perfect. Okay? But the issue today is how can a perfectly loving and merciful God render perfect justice, perfect judgment? Do you see that there is a seeming conflict between these attributes of God? He is merciful and loving. At the same time, He is just. Okay, let me bring you to several passages of the Bible and let me start with the uh, uh, narrative of about Abraham pleading for Sodom. That's found in Genesis 18, verses 16 to 33. Do we have that in our screen? Okay, good. So, you know, everybody knows who Abraham is. I hope everybody knows. But Abraham, I told you last time that Abraham is the uh, guy whom God entered into a covenant with so that uh, he will be a blessing to many nations. Okay, he's going to have a lot of descendants, millions of descendants, and his descendants will arise the Savior. 
Okay? Jesus Christ. So, let's, let's take a look at the, the story of Abraham pleading for Sodom. Sodom is a city. It's a wicked, evil, morally corrupt city. Verse 16. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, the sin city, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. And all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, The Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. So like I said, Sodom and Gomorrah are wicked, evil, and very corrupt cities. When God says their sin is so grievous, is he judging correctly? Yes, right? Because he's a righteous God. He knows everything. He, his judgment is always right. And it is always consistent with his righteous character. Let's continue. Verse 22. The men turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away? The righteous with the wicked? Are you going to punish? Are you going to kill the righteous with the guilty? For the sin of the guilty? That is the question. And that is a theological question. But don't be, don't be scared with the word theology. Okay? Because theology simply means it's a study of God. Okay? And every time you meet here, every time you hear a sermon, every time you meet in your cell groups, you study about God, his, his nature, his ways, his promises, that is theology. So everyone should be, every Christian should be a theologian. Okay? Theology. Uh, so the question is, will God punish both the guilty and the innocent for the sins of the guilty? It's no-brainer, right? No-brainer. Of course not. Under the American justice system, the Philippine justice system, and all other democratic countries, we do not punish the innocent. We punish only the guilty. Right? That is why uh, our legal system, our laws, are constituted to protect the innocent. We don't want the, an innocent person to go to prison when he is innocent. Okay? Malion. And that is the reason why the prosecution, lang yung prosecution, yung mga taga-usig, mga prosecutor sa criminal case, sila ang nagpapatunay kung guilty. Nag-guilty yung, nag-guilty yung akusado. Okay? And the, the standard of proof na ginagamit nila is proof beyond reasonable doubt. Ibig sabihin, walang pagdududa. Not absolute certainty. Okay? Pero walang pagdududa. Kaya kung may pagdududa, you have to uh, acquit the accused. Kailangan pa- palayain siya. 
Kaya, ang ating batas, mas mag- ang sinasabi, yung, yung isang prinsipyo ng ating batas, mas maganda na lang na palayain ang 100 guilty people than convict one innocent person. But our system is not perfect. Our justice system is still not perfect. The U.S. system is still not perfect. If you, if you uh, Google this, you fact check this, there's like uh, more than a hundred people languishing in jail who, or, or who languished in jail because of wrong conviction. There's, there's uh, so far I've looked up at some 18 people who were sentenced to die who are sentenced to die, that sentence, and they've been languishing in jail for 10, 20, 30 years already until nauso yung DNA, na-discover yung DNA. Alam niyo kaya ng DNA? And the DNA proved them innocent. Imagine, imagine 20 years, 30 years of wasted life. Wasted life. Yung pala, hindi sila guilty, innocent pala sila. And they've been in, in jail for that that uh, that long. Kasi hindi perfect ang ating system. We don't know everything. And in in one of the famous cases in the in the US naman yung case ni OJ Simpson. Kilala niyo si OJ Simpson, yung football player na nakis na pumatay sa asawa niya at kalaguyo daw ng asawa niya. And alam na ng America, they were watching the the, the trial, they thought that O.J. Simpson is going to be pronounced guilty. Parang klaro ang ebidensya na guilty siya. But it turned out na ang verdict ng jury ay innocent siya. So he was freed. So, system is not really perfect. You know why? Because the judges, the jury, do not know everything. We do not know everything. The judge only knows the judicial truth. And that is based only on the evidence presented in court. And, of course, not all the evidence is probably credible. So, based on the evidence, yun yung sinasabi nilang judicial truth. Now, compare that with the judge who knows everything. The omniscient God. He knows everything. He knows the facts. He knows the people involved. He knows the intent, the motive of the people there. He knows even the emotions. Everything. He knows everything. So, God is is all-knowing. The Bible says God knows all things. He, he, he numbered the very hairs of your head. Kayo mga medyo kulang, madali lang, Bilangin, no. He counts, listen to this, He counts the number of the stars and gives names to all of them. Wow, so many stars, millions of stars, and this, all these individual stars have their names, and God knows all of them. That's our God. He's an omniscient, all-knowing God. He knows everything. Okay? Now, back to the question, is God willing to spare the entire city, if there are ten righteous people, will a righteous, all-knowing God who knows the absolute truth punish the innocent with the guilty? Let's go back to our story. Uh, verse 24. What if there are, and this is, this is Abraham 
asking question, uh, bargaining actually with, with God. What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50? 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing to kill the righteous with the wicked. Uh, will, will not the judge, okay, will not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for the sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but, but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Ilan yun? 45. Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five people? And God said, if I find 45 there, I will not destroy it. And then once again, Abraham spoke to him, what if only 40 are found there? And God said, for the sake, parang nagtatawaran na sa palengke, ano? For the sake of 40, I will not do it. And then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found? He answered, God said, I will not do it. If I find 30 there, I will not do it. And Abraham said, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? And he said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. And then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? And God said, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. I will not destroy it. What happened after that? Did God destroy Sodom? Can you go to uh, Genesis 19 verses 24 to 26? What did God do? 24, then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah. From the Lord out of the heavens, thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. And obviously there were no ten righteous people inside Sodom. What happened to Sodom and Gomorrah was a demonstration of his justice. Did the inhabitants break the law? Yes. In fact, their evil acts were unspeakable. Did they deserve punishment for doing evil? Answer, yes. Because they, 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 they displeased, they, they, they broke the law. Now, was it, was it just for God to punish them? Yes. Yes. If God did not punish them, would God be doing justice? Just bas ang Panginoon kung hindi niya pinanis yan, mga Sodom, for their evil acts? No. No. He would be doing an injustice, and that would mean he is an unjust God. He cannot not punish them because he is a God of justice. Was it right? Next question is, was it right to punish them? Yes, because if he did not, that would be wrong, and that would make him an 
unrighteous judge, an unrighteous God. You see, God never compromises his justice. He never compromises his standard of justice. He requires perfect obedience in the Ten Commandments, right? You cannot fellowship with God. You cannot be saved if you don't obey perfectly the Ten Commandments. Just one violation and you're out. You're out. And we have studied last time the blessings and curses. If you are, if you do this, you will be blessed. Okay? If you do this, you will be cursed. Blessings God provides to those who obey and curses will happen to those who don't obey. God is a perfect God. Example, when Adam broke the one command that he was asked to to not violate. That is the, you know, don't eat from the fruit of the tree of knowledge and evil. Okay? And just one, just one violation, just one command, one violation. It's supposed to be not a big deal if it's for us. It, it would not be a big deal just violating one command, but it's a big deal for God. Because that breaks the fellowship that separates you. You become dead. Spiritually dead. As far as your relationship with God is concerned. Because you broke, broke his law. He never compromises his standard. We need to meet his standard of righteousness and not make him meet our own standard. Ang standard natin, palpake. It's not perfect. It's very imperfect. And sometimes what we do is to make God conform to our uh, standards of righteousness instead of us conforming to his standard of righteousness. And that is the situation. That is the bad news. The bad news is we all have failed to meet God's standard of righteousness. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3 verse 23. And if you read the book of Romans, and you should be reading the book of Romans because that's one of the best books in the New Testament. It gives you an, uh, an obra maestra of Apostle Paul. Okay, and explains to you what the gospel is in full. Okay, so in Romans chapters 1 to 3, it tells us how bad man has fallen short. Okay, in, 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 uh, in chapter 1, talks about the ungodly, those people who know God exists. Okay, you, you can see God, you can know God exists from the nature. Okay, and talks about in chapter 2, the self-righteous people, those who love to judge other people. Because they have their own standards and they judge people by their own standards not the standards of, of God. And even with the standards of God, they are not supposed to make any judgment against people. And then the Jews. The Jews, they're the favored race, favored people of God. After all, they, they, God was the one who was, who, who, uh, actually, uh, formed the Jewish nation. And so the people of Israel thought that because they have a special relationship with, with God, they think they're exempted from obeying the laws. But no, no, they're not. And then we have the Gentiles, and that's you and me, and all those who are not Jews, uh, they're also bound by 
the law that is given to the Jews. Because the law is written, according to Romans, uh, it's written in our hearts. Okay? And we are bound to obey the same law. So God said, uh, Paul said in the book of Romans, uh, starting in verse 3, uh, uh, I mean, chapter 3, verse 10, there is no one righteous. Not even one. Kahit isa, walang righteous person. Kahit si Pastor Tim, hindi righteous. No one is righteous, not even one. And that is an indictment to, to people, to us, that we are basically evil people. Right? If God is not with you, if you are not righteous in the eyes of God, you are a bad person, you are evil, you are a sinful person. And as we, as we uh, read, there is no one who is seeking God. No one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. So, walang righteous atin lahat. Well, people, if you hear people, they're, they're, they're trying to, to seek, not God, but seek, you know, self-promotion. People are desperately seeking for peace of mind. Right? Uh, people want to be relieved from guilt. They feel the guilt, but they don't want to go to God. They're looking for meaning, for significance. They're looking for value to their lives. And all the while, they're running as fast as they can from God. So there's people who looking for all these things. They join the yoga. They join, you know, Buddhism. They join all this meditation and levitation, uh, whatever, schools of, of, uh, peace, you know, where their, uh, mind will have a connection with the universe, the God of the universe, whatever that is. God is not hiding, but we are running away from Him. It's not that He can't be found. It's just in our nature to seek, to, not in our nature to seek God. Because it, we are, we have a fallen nature. And sometimes, we even go to church. We're not seeking God, but we are in church. Because we're seeking companionship, we're seeking fellowship, we are seeking acceptance. Okay? We love the fellowship dinners, we love the cell group discussions, we love it when we're, 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 we're you know, uh, having singing fellowship, but once the leader opens the Bible. We say, ah, oh, boring. We're not seeking God. We are seeking to satisfy ourselves, if that is the case. And Romans 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. If you sin, you die. That's a rule. It's always a rule. If you sin, you die. Hebrews 10 verse 31 says, It is a dreadful, dreadful, nakakatakot. It's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. If you sin, you go to hell. That's 
That's reality. That's a fact. Okay? Some preachers choose not to talk about sin anymore. They, they choose not to talk about hell anymore. Because they don't want to scare away the people that they've been inviting, attracting to come to church. They all preach about, you know, about the blessings that you will prosper in Christ. If you become a member of this church, God will bless you immensely. All your relationship will be fine. You know, you will be, you will receive a, a, a check in the mail. You know, all these things will be fine. But they don't talk about the depravity of man, which led Christ to come. God, Son of God, to come, humble himself, and become like us so that he can go to the cross for us. In fact, Jesus Christ, if you read the Gospels, Jesus Christ often talk about hell and sin. More than any of the apostles, more than any of the the prophets, he talks about a lot about hell. So don't be scared of a preacher who talks about hell. Okay, accept it. And that's the bad news. Hell is a bad news. Condemnation is a bad news. Depravity of sin, our our sinful state. We were born. Dead on arrival. When we came to earth, we were dead on arrival because we in, in, uh, uh, inherited the sinful nature of Adam. But if there's bad news, there's also good news. Amen? Make good news. Kaya nga, yung gospel tinatawag na good news. And Paul said, the gospel has the power to save lives. Okay? And Romans 6 verse 23 says, The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. It says first, for the wages of sin is death. And then the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. God's love and mercy gives man a way out of judgment or spiritual death. The question is, will God compromise his justice? That's what we we, uh, I asked uh, earlier, will God compromise his justice? Will love, God's love and mercy trump his justice? Will God disregard his standard of justice by loving us, by saving us? Answer is no. No. And you know what happens with the interplay of God's love and mercy and justice? It's all displayed at the cross. It's all displayed at the cross. God displays his justice and mercy for men at the cross. Let's read Romans 3 verses 23 to 26. Do we have that on the screen? Romans 3 verses 23 to 26. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay. Uh, where is it? Being justified, I'll just read my, my, I, I don't know what happened, but I, I got the an ASV, which is a, it's a difficult verse. I, I mean, it's a difficult uh, translation. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That is the premise here. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, 
whom God set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to show his righteousness because of the passing over of the sins done aforetime in the forbearance of God for the showing, I say, of his righteousness at his present season that he might himself be just and the justifier of him that has faith in Jesus. So there's just very important words, very important concepts in the verses that I read. First is propitiation. Christ is the propitiation. It's a word that is only used by preachers and teachers. Propitiation. We don't use that word every day, right? Propitiation. But it simply means satisfaction. That is the result of the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. It says Christ is the propitiation, is the satisfaction for God's wrath. How did that happen? Well, told you God was angry at sin. He's angry at us because of sin. God is a holy God. He does not fellowship with sin. He doesn't mix with, with, with sin. He's holy. Okay, it's beyond our, our understanding of what is holy. The, the, the angels said, Holy, holy, holy is our Lord God in heaven. That's three, three holies, which means He's, He's set apart way, way, way above us. He's holy and nobody is close to being holy like Him. And Christ's, I mean, God's anger was poured into His Son at the cross. And Jesus took the punishment for us. Justice is rendered here at the cross. At the same time, the mercy and love of God for us. God took the punishment. I mean, Christ took the punishment. And it resulted into a break in the eternal unity and fellowship between the Son and the Father. Okay? The Father turned away His face on His Son because His Son is covered with the sins of man. My sin and your sins, your past sins, your present sins, and your future sins. And that separation was the worst part of the cross more than the physical abuse, the physical pain that Christ experienced. Or felt. That's why the cross, the pain in the cross is excruciating. Galing sa, yung excruciating galing sa cross yun. Uh, yung root word ng uh, excruciating is cross. It was born, and the pain was not born, not only by the son, but by the father as well. It was the worst thing that happened between the father and son in their relationship because of of uh, Christ taking our sins, covered by our sins. Okay? Number two, the word redemption. Christ is our redemption. Our redemption is the result of God's atoning sacrifice. Synaptic redemption has something to do with you know, buying something. Or paying for something. Kung tayo nagkakasala, uh, nagkakaroon tayo ng utang sa Diyos. Nagkakaroon tayo ng utang. That's, that's, that's uh, 
something that has been portrayed in the Bible, in the Old Testament, and the New Testament. Every time we sin, we incur a debt to God. The, the thing is, we can't pay off this debt. With our good works, with our kindness, with our generosity, kahit mag-donate ka ng million-million na pera sa church, it's not going to pay, to pay off our debt. Somebody else cannot pay for, for that. Not your relatives, not your family, not, not the richest man in the world, not Elon Musk. No, he cannot pay for, for the debt that we have committed. Who paid for it? Jesus Christ paid our debt with his life on the cross. Thus releasing us from the debt of sin. And God received this, in, uh, received the payment in full satisfaction of the debt. God, the Father, was satisfied. That's what redemption means. And the other word is justification. Justify. We have been justified. What does that mean? To be justified is to be declared not guilty. Okay? If the judge pronounces you uh, not, not guilty, that means you're free to go. You're free to go. So we have been justified at the cross. We have been pronounced guilty, sentenced to die, but Jesus showed up in court, took our guilt, and served the sentence himself. And then the word imputation, uh, that's in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, for our sake, He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So Christ's righteousness is imputed to us. Ibig sabihin na imputed, credited, na credit sa atin. Nakuha natin yung righteousness ng Panginoong Heso Kristo. Yung kasalanan naman natin, napunta kay Heso Kristo at the cross. So we have been made right with the sacrifice of God. Of, of Christ. So that when God looks at us, He looks, is looking at His Son. Okay? The purity of His Son. So now we can fellowship. We can see, well, figuratively, eye to eye with God. For our sake, He made Him to sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. And we can access all these blessings from the cross by faith. Not everyone will receive the blessings from the cross. Okay? It's only received by those who believe. Those who have faith in Jesus. Verse 22 of Romans says, states the righteousness of God is received through faith in Jesus. So is it for everybody? No. Only for those who have faith. Only for those who believe. And don't believe in some, you know, TV preachers or evangelists that tell you that the cross saves everyone, regardless, regardless of what you, your, your belief is. Because God is too loving to send anyone to hell. That's not biblical. That's not biblical. The Bible says we are justified freely by His grace through faith. 
We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. We are not saved by faith plus our works. No. We don't do anything to contribute to our own salvation. We don't do anything to help God save us. No. There's nothing that we did. There's nothing we can do to save us from our sin. So grace is undeserved merit. Grace is undeserved merit. So we live by grace. We should live by grace. You know the difference between justice, mercy, and grace? We, we hear a lot of these this terms in, in church, okay, in our Bible studies. Well, let me tell you, justice is getting what you deserve. Okay, if you're guilty, you should be punished. That is what you deserve. Mercy, on the other hand, is not getting what you deserve. You deserve to be punished, but you don't get it because of mercy. And grace is getting what you don't deserve. Getting what you don't deserve. That is grace. Like when, uh, when, you're, when you're driving in the street at uh, 200 kilometers per hour, you are beyond the speed limit, and the cop shows up and tells you, hey, you're, you're driving beyond the speed limit, 200 kilometers, that's very, very fast. So, I'm going to issue you a ticket. So, does the driver deserve that? The, a ticket? A, a traffic, for, for the traffic violation? Yes, he deserves it. And that is justice. Now, if, if the traffic officer would not do that, then that is injustice. You're breaking the law. The officer is breaking the law. But, if the driver says, Pasensya na po, mamang police, kasi pagalitan na ako ng nanay ko, ng, ng asawa ko eh. Kaya, kaya ang bilis-bilis kong uh, uh, mag-drive para makauwi na ako sa bahay, pagagalit ang misis ko eh. And then, if the cop says, okay, naiintindihan kita kasi ganun din ang misis ko. So, hindi, hindi kita bibigyan ng ticket. What is that? You don't get what you deserve. That is mercy. Naawa ang police driver. And then, what is about grace? Well, ang grace ganito. You, you, you get what you don't deserve, di ba? Sabi ng police, okay, hindi na kita titikitan, pero bukas ng gabi, mag-dinner ka sa bahay para mamit mo ang family ko. Ah, that's grace. You don't deserve that. That is extending uh, extending the grace na binigay na sa because of, you know, not not getting the ticket, not issuing the ticket. So, yun yun. Faith is a gift from God. Faith is a gift from God. A dead man can't have faith. A dead man can't have faith. So, uh, let me read Ephesians 2. And this is very important for Christians. Ephesians 2, if you want to understand in capsule form the, the scheme of, uh, the plan of redemption. Here, verse 1. And you were dead. In the trespasses and sins. You were dead. Okay? Dead means you're eternally separated from God because of your sins. 
Okay? In which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of what? Wrath. Anong ibig sabihin ng wrath? Hindi to daga. Wrath means anger. Okay? This is, a wrathful person is angrier than anger. Okay? Then an angry person is wrath. Sa Tagalog, ano, hindi lang galit eh. Puot, puot ba yun? Hindi ba ilokano yun? Puot. <laughs> puot, ng, puot ng Panginoon. So, we are children of wrath. Galit sa atin ang Diyos. Okay? But, but, verse 4, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive. Made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Okay. And raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, He might show the immeasurable Riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The resurrection of Christ completes the gospel. Without Christ's resurrection, our faith is useless. Right? Paano kung namatay si Jesus cross? He was buried, and then that's it. That's it. Wala na. Hindi na siya nagpakita. Wala na ang balita tungkol sa kanya. If that is the case, then tayo. Uwi na lang tayo. Manood na lang tayo ng Netflix. No, mga Korean telenovela. Kung hindi nabuhay ang Panginoong Kristo, all these things that we're talking about, all this fellowship that we're doing, going to church, are completely futile, completely useless. First Corinthians 15 verse 17 says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people must, most to be pitied. Kawawa naman tayo kung naniniwala tayo sa hindi naman nangyari. Okay? So, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. John verses 11 to 25, uh, I mean 11, 25 to 26. I am, and this is Jesus speaking, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And I ask you, do you believe this? This is the gospel. Eternal life comes only to those who believe. Salvation comes only to those who believe. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now let me just end by uh, 
by uh, telling you about the Bible, which is the source of truth. You know, I've, I've cited a lot of verses. The pastor, when he preaches every Sunday, cites a lot of, of verses. He doesn't cite, you know, uh, truth concepts from the book of, of uh, uh, was it Muhammad or whatever, right? It's only the Bible. Because the Bible is the source of truth. We live in a world, and this is a very dangerous reality today. We live in a world where the truth has become subjective. What I mean is that truth depends on what one believes. Kung anong paniniwala mo, yun ang truth. Ganun ang mundo ngayon. Okay? It's subjective. That's very subjective. Subjective reality. If you believe that nobody goes to hell because a loving God does not cannot bear that his creation will live in the lake of a burning uh, sulfur forever, then that becomes the truth even if the Bible says differently. That's subjective reality. So when you hear something like that and you are not sure if it is the truth or not, go read your Bible. Go read your Bible, research, pray, and the Holy Spirit will guide you to all the truth. Consult your pastor. Your pastor has God has positioned your pastor to preach the truth to you, to preach the gospel to you, to teach the word of God to you. And ask your pastor to guide you through the scriptures. And he will, I'm sure he's going to do that. And he's going to refer you to books, to, to people who can help you know and learn the truth. There's a lot of confusing, double meaning statements, concepts we, we, we see or hear in social media that sounds like the truth, right? Like, like the statement, God accepts you the way you are. Just believe. Well, God accepts you the way you are. See the sense, yeah. When you come to Him with all your sins, that's not pretending that you are clean already. He wants you to come with all your sins. But he is not going to accept you forever as the sinner. Okay? As a sinner. God wants to change you. God wants to save you. And he wants to transform your life into the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. And that is, the process is called the sanctification. When you uh, uh, grow in the and grace and knowledge of God. So be be very careful. Be very careful even of the gospel you're hearing. So gospel is something that, you know, that people just use uh, to have the semblance of truth. Now if you if you believe God will bless you and prosper you, make you rich, you will become a better you without talking about the cross and man's sinful self then that's not the gospel. Then that's not the gospel. Especially when they start asking for money, you know, and they say to bless, to be blessed, you have to give. That's the prosperity gospel. Okay? So I just want to, I just want to share that thought in my mind. And I, I want to, I don't want to, I don't want you to be trapped by uh, fads, and uh, trends 
in the social media in the world today, because it's a cruel world, okay? If you don't have your theology right, you'll be lost. So, uh, again, I say the Bible. The Bible should be the only source of truth for Christians. Okay? So let's, let's pray. Father God, we worship you. We love you. And we entrust our lives to you, Lord God. You, you are such a perfect God that we can't seem to, to reach you. We can't seem to meet your standards. Because you are so perfect. You're so holy, holy, holy. But thank, thank you, Lord, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, humbled himself, emptied himself of his divine attributes and become like us, 100% man, but 100% God too. And he came in service, died for our sins, paid our debt, took the, the wrath in our place. Thank you, Father. We're lost without, without you. We're lost without Christ. Thank you for everything. Thank you for salvation. And thank you for, for the people around us. Thank you for Pastor Tim and, and our leaders, Lord God, who have been blessing us with their leadership and with their guidance. Thank you for uh, members of the cell group, for members of this church, Lord God, that they have, they have given us strength and encouragement to continue to follow your ways. Thank you. And may you bless us throughout this week, Father God, until next Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen.